for the very first time tonight. It's Hulk Hogan Rock 2. No doubt, the first Hulk Hogan vs. Rock match was history in the making. And tonight, again, I'm going on a record. This will be off the hook. It is Rock Hogan 2 next from Montreal. considerably lighter since last time we done the podcast I think that is true less less meat 
less poundage around the Ulster. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we will start with the one bit of news I have for this month um, is the passing of Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Mr. Perfect. Hi, I'm Wade Boggs. I want to show you a perfect hitter. I'm Mike McDonald from the National Hockey League. I'm here today to show you the perfect goaltender. The Mr. Perfect vignettes was probably one of the best produced that World Wrestling Entertainment has ever done. And there couldn't have been a more, pardon the cliche, perfect guy for that role than Kurt Henning. Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. And yes, I am perfect in every way. Kurt was a tremendous athlete. I mean, he was, he was good at basketball, baseball, tennis, I mean, you know, golf. I am going to sink a 40-foot putt to show you people that I am perfect in every way. Yeah, that's why they gave him the Mr. Perfect gimmick, because he was really good at a lot of stuff. Kurt was a heck of an athlete. You sit back on the couch, you put your feet up, and you relax, because you are going to witness the perfect game. One of my favorite vignettes was the uh, the football pass. Some people say that Warren Moon is a great passer. Around these parts, they say that Fran Tarkenton is the greatest. I want to introduce you to the perfect passer. I used to kid him about how when I, when I was in high school, I was a quarterback, and I would actually throw myself a pass and score a touchdown. Watch this. One of the most unique uh, vignettes I think I've ever seen. What a throw! What a catch! That was unbelievable. <laughs> no, no, no. That was perfect. Catch me over there. That shot that you've done. I'm sure that there are people that watched and said, oh, they had to fix that so that it went in every time. Kurt, it was a, he had an uncanny ability to do something when he said he was going to do it. If you're playing a game of horseshoes and he said, I'm going to get a ringer, he would get one. If you're playing darts, if he said he was going to get a bullseye, he would get one. That always made it funnier than it actually was. Anytime that I went out with Kurt, whether it was poker, whether it was throwing darts, whether it was pool, the guy couldn't couldn't lose. He had a, always had a horseshoe up his ass. Always. There was one time I was in a celebrity softball game with Kurt in L.A. Kurt was playing center field, and somebody hit one way out there. And I said, here's Mr. Perfect now. You better not blunder this one. As Kurt got blinded by the light, the ball hit him in the head, bounced up, and bounced into his glove. I said, wow, at least he kept his gimmick, Mr. Perfect. And now you know why they call me Mr. Perfect. Um, absolute legend for me. Uh, one of the greatest to not have the world title in one of the bigger feds because yes, he did have a run with the AWA belt back in the day. Um, but yeah, never never got that fed belt, never got that WCW belt, but always one where you knew if you had him in a match, it's going to be good. 
Yeah, I mean, arguably you could put him in with sort of Jake the Snake in that very niche category of guys that didn't need the belt to be where they were. Um, I mean, it, it, the t when I when I was a kid, when we were first watching, like, I, I went to SummerSlam 92 and he's obviously there with Flair yeah. and Heenan and all that thing. So I never actually, I don't think I ever actually saw him wrestle a match in person live, but even as a kid then, I didn't like him, but I knew he was brilliant. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like the whole Mr. Perfect thing. I believed that as a child, because he never seemed to put a foot wrong in the ring. No. Like, I believed that he could throw a basketball from one side of the court and score. <laughs> I believed he could throw his own touchdown pass. <laughs> yep. I believed that. Um, yeah. And can throw a horseshoe. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But I mean, I don't understand the rules of that, because I'm not some fucking redneck. <laughs> But um, it's, yeah, it's a sad day. Obviously, he was in the Fed again very briefly, wasn't he? Recently, yeah, he up back. until the whole plane ride. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame. Um, but he didn't seem himself in that short run there. And unfortunately, obviously, what's happened's happened. And it's not good. Let's just hope that the industry itself learns from that and we don't see too many more of these sort of unnecessary deaths of young people yeah it, it's very much the him Rick Rude you know the guys of, of the 80s slash early yeah, 90s Tillman yeah he's showing that yeah. those days on the road and doing 300 odd nights a year yeah and now obviously you factor more and more international travel into that as well. Um, while it was a uniquely American and Canadian thing, they'd maybe come over to the UK once every couple of years. Yes, we had SummerSlam in 92. Yeah. But now that's almost yearly. We may get one or two. Yeah, well, they come over normally. Glorified for... house show pay per views, and we may get a Raw, and then they'll do Europe, and then back to the states so uh yeah it can't it must take its toll both mentally and physically on you yeah um obviously the the match that at this point everyone's going on about is brett perfect uh, from SummerSlam. yeah but there is so many other great ones that will be worth a look um him and Shawn michaels from SummerSlam 93 I think it was 93? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Absolute banger. Um, him and Brett from King of the Ring. To the first King yeah. of the Ring was a banger. I mean, to be fair, you can just go on the network, type in Mr. Perfect, and pretty much watch any of it. I mean, some of the things that were most memorable to me, apart from the matches, were the vignettes. Yeah. Like, they were just so well done, and such a great way to introduce somebody. And obviously his shining moment in WCW as the West Texas Rednecks and rap is crap. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> maybe or maybe realistically it was the whole Arn Anderson, I'm giving you my spot. Yes. Which was really good, quite good, even though I always felt like they pulled the trigger on that a little bit too early. Yeah. Um, 
and that could have been drawn out ever so slightly more maybe yeah there, there are things that with that it could have if if given properly you could have done better but yeah but overall yeah i mean he had a great career and he'll be fondly remembered i think and i think he's quite renowned for being a bit of a prankster backstage as yes. well isn't he so yes um one of those of you do hear plenty of stories of uh him getting up to hijinks yeah out the back yeah um so a couple little bits on tv going into no way out um vince had told bischoff that he had a month to save himself and save his job and his big ploy was to get austin back um so most of the month was shown with bischoff either going to texas or doing things that with jr to jr to uh get austin to come back and on the smackdown side we had big show trying to beg for taker's forgiveness by giving him gifts that include spanky as a singing uh telegram uh brother love canyon as boy george and a puppy talk about burying canyon yeah that was i mean for somebody who was one of the high points of the end of wcw's life yeah are you telling me this is all they have for him it's fucking unbelievable he he as soon as he came over the fed have buried him yeah he's not been treated well at all no um i don't know whether that's he's rubbed someone the wrong way back there or they generally just don't like him but you know in that weird way of wrestling I don't like you and instead of just firing you and letting you go somewhere else to do something make sure you're fucked first yeah yeah and it's it's the thing it's like with that take a bit that fucking chair shot that he gives him was fucking disgusting yeah I mean chair shots are quite uneasy to watch sometimes anyway so yeah it wasn't pleasant at all so we will go into the pay-per-view um so going into it what were you uh thinking with uh what we'd had so far since the rumble not much i mean with these pay-per-views they always kind of feel a bit like filler yeah um it's there to make some extra money between rumble and mania so i don't ever go in expecting anything to blow off feud wise you're never going to see the end of something it's either going to be the start or the continuation of the feud for me so i went in with kind of that expectation and let's just spoiler here i was correct (laughs) yes um this is very much just oh we've got two months to mania and we've got to do a pay-per-view what are we doing to a either feed a couple of matches for the build for mania yeah and then there's a couple of how we carrying this on through till mania on here sure um so we open up with jeff hardy versus chris jericho um jericho starting with headlocks takeovers and works the arm we have brawl jeff with a backdrop head scissors jericho clothesline chops and then posts himself 
Jeff on the apron with a dive and a springboard moonsault. Baseball slide onto the outside and then he misses his little barrier run dive and gets thrown up the stairs. Jericho then takes over, um, slams, drop kicks, chin locks. Uh, Jericho gets posted again. Jeff takes over with punches at a jawbreaker. Jericho with a bulldog but misses the follow up blind salt. Jeff hits a DDT that gets a two, whispering the wind for a two. And Jericho then puts on the walls. We uh, get out of that and uh, top rope suplex by Jeff and a swanton but only gets a two. Goes for a roll up that only gets a two. Drop kick neck breaker but then misses the second swanton. Jericho hits a lion salt for a two and a neck breaker for a two. Jericho gets crotched as Jeff goes up for the Super Cambrana, but Jericho turns it into a power bomb and then puts on the balls and gets the win. Though the important part of this is what happens post-match where Jericho keeps the walls on until Sean comes out to make the save. Christian comes out to try and add the numbers but eats a sweet chin music. It's the right opener, but clearly just here to build more towards HBK Jericho for Mania. Yeah, odd doing this in Canada, given the history with HBK and the crowd reaction here. In Montreal. Yeah, like, um, I mean, they soon started cheering, but, like, he's fighting a Canadian at Mania. A Canadian came down to run interference to stop Michaels. Yep. It was, yeah, just a bit like, couldn't this have been done on a Raw? Yeah, this... In America, like, rather than a pay-per-view account. It just felt very odd time. Like, I understand what they were doing, don't get me wrong, but you just thought, what? <laughs> it was just like, I don't know. It's just like, for crowd reaction purposes, they must have known what was coming, and they went yeah. with it anyway, so fair fucks for that, but... I mean, the match itself was absolutely fine. It was just, will I remember it in three months' time? No. Will I remember it tomorrow? No. Yeah. Do I remember the structure of the match already after only watching it yesterday evening? No. Um, but yeah, it was just, again, as I said at the start, it was purely to... They needed something for Michaels to come out to have a... His moment. This feud, yeah. So. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I, it was alright opener, you know, it, it is what it is, it is there literally to, to build towards mania. Um, I will say, Jeff Hardy, from sort of middle of last year we were praising him for how good he was in his solo stuff, he's getting a bit sloppy. Yeah, that'll be the drugs. <laughs> um, no, in all honesty, he does look... Maybe his I mean, with the style he works, maybe his body just needs a rest. Yeah. Like, would it be the worst idea in the world to write him off TV for three months and let him rest up? Yeah. Maybe not. I know that's quite a hard thing to do when you've got a popular guy who probably shifts a lot of merch to a certain teenage demographic. Um, but it might be, for his long-term health, that might be an idea. Yeah, this is the thing. Obviously, we, we mentioned it with Perfect at the at the beginning with his passing. Mm. You know, is, is Jeff that sort of thing where obviously there, there's clearly some substance issues there yeah I mean but it's if you work that style you're going to be in pain walking yeah. the next day aren't you so you wonder if there's 
some sort of reliance on other stuff. Well, you know, if like that, just so. give them a couple of months off every year. Yeah, just let the body heal as much as it can do. Yeah. And you're not going to miss him when you've got, what, 40, 50 guys on Raw that yeah. you only ever see about 10 to 15 a week anyway. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, they've done the thing with Matt, Matt in a bit. Like, if they're leading that into Mania, potentially as well, because obviously he slapped Matt, didn't he? Yeah. When they saw each other backstage and had a little confrontation. Like you could potentially do something where Max the one that writes him off, which builds that feud, you know. But yeah, yeah I don't know. So, yeah, it looks like he needs a good rest. So we next go into our tag team title match, or one of our tag team title matches for the evening, um, where we have Kane and RVD going against other champions Regal and Storm. Um, RVD and Storm start with uh, a lot of counter wrestling, remembering me of the. Our, uh, ECW days of these two together just counter wrestling each other yeah. and I'm all for it yeah it must have felt like one of your wet dreams mate to be fair <laughs> this on a bigger stage uh, so RVD takes the advantage with a monkey flip and a spinning leg drop Regal then in and works the arms and we get more counters and wrestling RVD getting a back kick and the split leg moonsault Kanan hits a multitude of elbows and a side slam and then a press slam into the clothesline for a two. Another press slam and an RVD in with a rolling plancher and the launched leg drop that gets a two. RVD is then choked into the corner by Regal with uh, some shoulder blocks. RVD goes from the top rope but is shoved to the floor. Regal with a beautiful half and half suplex, then Storm in and is all over RVD. Regal then back in with elbows, Storm in with DDT and leg drop, which gets twos. A RVD then gets a couple of kicks in, Kane in with a top rope clothesline, massive backdrops, corner clothesline and side slam for a two. The heels take turns beating up on Kane trying to take off his mask until he choke slams RVD by mistake and Storm gets the pin. I like this. Um, it's one of those of where it makes sense to not put the belts on Kane and RVD. Yeah, maybe a bit further down the line potentially, but you need that little bit of descent there. Yeah. I I like this as well. It was fine for what it was. Um, the crowd didn't really seem into it for large portions. That's an issue with a few of the matches on this, especially yeah. the, the earlier part of the show. Yeah, so, but I mean, it was fine for what it was. I mean, Regal took a bit of a nasty drop on the head, didn't he, yeah. early on in the match, which may have like caused it to go off script somewhat for a bit until he sort of got Came his marbles back. Senses, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the idea of Regal and Storm in this team. Yeah, proper and, wrestling um, tag team there. Yeah, just like the old school vet and the young technical lad. I yeah. kind of like like the dirty old veteran. He'll just stick your fingers in your eyes if you piss him off. Yes. Um, yeah, so no, like, I, I think the dynamic there, and obviously... Vince loves him an oddball tag team, don't he? We've had him throughout the years. Um, yeah. Obviously, Rock and Sock, and now we've got Kane and RVD, which we wouldn't necessarily put together. Booker and Goldust. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've had them all. So um, yeah, it was fine. Like it was again. It just very much felt like that continuation of RVD and Kane's story, where they're sort of mates or becoming friends and yeah. things like that. And yeah, I mean, it was it's fine for what it was, and it didn't outstay its welcome. Um, I would say that. I got a bit bored towards this, but it, I think it's because I've just found it the whole show a bit flat already. Even yeah. two matches down, um, it's just like because the Jeff and Jericho feud, there was nothing really. It was yeah. purely to set something up, and that was quite obvious. And this one again, it just felt very much like, well, it's just the further down the line. Yeah, so this this so far sort of match build wise is very much it just seems it could be a Smackdown or yeah yeah it could be a Smackdown or a Raw just with extended matches Um, next we have the Cruiserweight title match uh, between Matt and Matt Hardy and Billy Kidman Um, Matt with slams arm drags and a Hurricane Rana and then Kidman takes over and gets a Hurricane Rana of his own Matt beats him down with a couple of fist drops and a neck breaker. Kidman counters a side effect. Matt hits a, another neck breaker and the boss man attack. Kidman with a sleeper, but that's turned into a side effect. Kidman with an insiguri and the BK bomb hits a two. Matt with a clothesline from the second rope and a leg drop from the second rope gets a two. Kidman drop kick and a planche to the outside. Back in gets a roll up for a two. Kidman is then in at Shannon Moore who tries to make the assist but it means that Matt gets the distraction to hit the side effect for another two. Kidman with a corner bulldog but misses the follow up shooter shooting star. Matt hits a twist of face but only gets a two. They both are going just on the top, and Matt hits a super twist of fate from the top rope and is your new Cruiserweight Champion. I like this, um, but again, with what we've had for the Cruiserweights recently with the Tajiri and Noble feud, and the Tajiri and uh, Mysterio, and Noble and Mysterio, I think this is a bit of a, a drop down in the quality level of what we've had for the cruiserweight belt this recently. This feels very second rate compared to that. Yeah. 100% mate. But I do like the idea of having someone like Matt Hardy that has a bit of a different style to be a base. Yeah. Some of the high-flying I mean, stuff. All the high-flying stuff's great and like it's got its place on the card. And Yeah, I'd agree with that. Maybe just have somebody who mixes it up and is a little bit different tends to be a bit more sort of ground offence based if you know what I mean he's he's. I mean while he does do the odd like he does his top rope leg drops and stuff doesn't yeah. he he's not that was Jeff's forte and again does this potentially feed in are they adding this f- belt to that potential feud yeah do you know what I mean are they bringing a the feud back yeah and but I mean in my eyes two brothers having a squabble's enough do you need that belt there And yeah. but the thing is like the crowd clearly do not care about Kidman no like fuck me I've, I've you'd have got a louder response in the library yes. and um, yeah. so was it just a question of 
get the belt off him because it's not is is the Kidman thing over? You know, like he's yeah, he's clearly not connecting the way he did in WCW with and WWE fans. And obviously, when he first came in, he was getting reactions, but it was because he had Tory women. Yeah, and we so know I mean, clearly uh, uh, what's come up since then. Since then, coming in from the invasion, we clearly know who's the one who got the attention there. Well, it's, I mean, I'm not one to comment on Tory Wilson. Um, Tory, I love you. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's one of those situations where it's like, I mean, different shoes, but the same problem. It was the same with Mark Miro and Sable. Wasn't yeah. It's it was like, oh, these responses are good. Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> They're is not it the heavily chested blonde woman? Or is it the guy that's getting these? Let's separate them and find out. Oh, shock horror. <laughs> Who'd have guessed that a bunch of horny teenage guys who watch our programme were cheering for the hot girls? Yeah. I don't find Sable hot. No offence, Brock Lesnar. We're back in 2023 while I say this. Why are you dating an old woman, man? You could probably do better. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> um, my name's Chris Lacey. <laughs> uh, so, we find Edge is knocked out backstage... Um, so it throws into ideas of what we will get in our six-man tag matches. One of them is out. But before we find out what they're going to do with that, we have The Big Show versus The Undertaker. Uh, Taker meets Show as he's coming in with punches. Show then posts him. Taker then hits the draped elbow and leg drop and grabs a chair. In the ring, goes to swing said chair, but show punches it into Taker's face and then takes over they brawl some more he goes for a slam but shows too heavy for him so he f basically takes him down shows works over the back hits a suplex uh, an array of elbows and a really long fucking bear hug Taker punches his way out hits a sidewalk slam and headbutts they exchange punches Taker hits the flying clothesline and old school a low blow and a DDT, which gets a two. Tries to go for the last uh, last ride, but that's blocked into a spine buster. Big Show hits a snake eyes. Taker then puts on the dragon sleeper. Heyman interferes. Albert comes down. A train comes. A train, yes. Don't a train comes down. Don't res disrespect my hairy back twin like that. <laughs> Taker does the massive suicide dive over the top, takes out both Heyman and A-Train. Show with a choke slam, but Taker turns it into a triangle and gets the win. Post-match, A-Train hits the Baldo Bomb. God, this was fucking bad. Uh, it was exactly what I thought it would be. You've got a slightly overweight big show, and I'm being nice by saying slightly. Um, and you've got The Undertaker, who's just, he's not my cup of tea, and I think he's had the same match over and over again. He's trying to look hard on his bike, but when you've got to do two miles an hour on it and take corners very carefully because it's far too big for the area, it looks fucking stupid. So just don't do it. Um, just drive down the ramp. And get off. Yeah. You don't need to circle the ring. You've made that look dumb. Um, 
Albert coming in, I take it there's something going on with him and Heyman. Is he like Heyman's protector or they uh, a little faction there? And um, but it was slow. It was methodical. I hate the Undertaker's music. Yeah. It really doesn't. doesn't It's like that's not music that's going to get the crowd to cheer. It's even that slow and methodical. So it fits him. Yeah, but it's fucking boring. The thing is, since he's come back as Biker Taker, we've had Kid Rock, which was basically a Metallica song with Kid Rock rapping over it, and then Limp Bizkit. So we've had energetic metal songs. Yeah, you then get this weird hybrid country sounding Uncle song Uncle Cracker that's who it reminds me of with, with a bit boring. of a riff on under it and it's just dull it's dishwater levels are dull um, yeah I didn't care for this match and as I said to you before we started I fell asleep last night while I was watching this during this match and I had to go back and try and watch it this morning and for the life of me, I wanted to quit watching wrestling. Not just this pay-per-view, but the fucking entertainment as a whole. Um, it wasn't great. It was one of those, again, you're just like, please, please, where's this going? Like, are they going to go at Mania again? Is it going to be a oh. two-on-one against Albert and show? So the, the current plan yeah. is a tag match of Big Show and A-Train. A-Train, yeah. Going against Undertaker and a yet-to-be-named partner. Is it? Um, There are rumours that it's going to be Nathan Jones, who they're introducing soon, who's an Australian lad. Oh, he's that big fucker, isn't he? Who's another big fucker, and it's just like... Absolutely unit! I just see that and go, oh my fuck. Well, as long as he can hang in the ring, it might be passable. Yeah. But he might be there to just feed Taker the hot tag and stuff. But then, you're like, do you want to debut like this new big beast of a man by having him be the punching bag? The for punching take- bag for Taker's hot tag. Yeah, yeah. Oh fuck knows. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But yeah, again, filler and fuck me. Like Vince, end your hard on for giant men who can't <laughs> fucking bump or do anything. <laughs> Yeah. But it's all very well. I mean, I think it's Cornetto always says it, isn't it? It's all very well having a seven footer. Yeah. But if you've got a dozen of them, you might as well not have any. Yeah. That's the fucking yeah. point. Yeah. Andre was. was yeah. A, was a, an icon because yeah. of the fact he, he was, was the only one. The seventh war, eighth wonder of the world, whatever they fucking called him. Yeah. He? But like, because he was the only guy that fucking build there and that height. And now you've got like, take his 6'10 or whatever. Yeah, so probably six, seven, six, eight in real life. But it's the thing: yeah. if you're in, if you've got plenty of guys that are all that sort of size, it doesn't mean yeah, like, doesn't mean anything. No, no. I mean, it was just typical, typical Undertaker nonsense, and I'm kind of bored of it. And we get more again at Mania. Yay! Thank God I'm not doing that. One. So backstage, Eric Bischoff um, is there saying he can make whatever match he wants. That is until Vince comes in and says that he is the only one that can decide what it's going to be. And if anyone helps him tonight, he'll be fired. 
We then have our six-man tag match. Well, it should be a six-man, but it's going to now be a handicap match, as it is Team Angle versus Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit. Shelton and Benoit start, and we get some really nice chain wrestling. Benoit shoulder blocks, chops. House comes in and uh, hits beat down. Chris then hits a massive backdrop. Brock in with boots, shoulders, and big old suplexes and beals. A press slam and then one to Shelton as well. Angle tries to get a sleeper on him, but only enough to have Shelton hit a super kick. Angle then puts in the sleeper properly. Brock breaks out of this. Chris and Shelton come in and backdrop and a snap suplex by Benoit. Haas in, but only to be suplexed on top of Shelton Benjamin. And then Benoit hits some Germans to Angle. And then hits the multiple of Germans to Shelton. Angle with a top rope belly to belly. Shelton with an armbar. Haas in for a belly to belly. Angle with some stomps and a roll up by Benoit gets a two. Angle hits a German of his own. Shelton in with a slam and does the leaping body jump thing that they do over the yeah. leapfrog. Uh, Chris with some fucking horrible sounding chops. Brock with the hot tag literally comes in and bellies to belly everyone. Tries to do the F5 to Angle but Shelton makes the save. Ankle lock on to Benoit. He turns it into a crossface. That then gets turned into an ankle lock. Then gets turned into a crossface. They break out of that with Chris then putting the crossface on Charlie Haas, who taps out as Brock F5's angle. At last, we're getting a fucking wrestling match on this show. Yeah, I really like Haas and Benjamin as well. Yes. I think they're such good foils for angle. Um, yeah, it is, it is basically looking at another version of Angle in them too. Yeah, 100%. And I think what also helps this is you've got that built-in real life of Brock and Shelton being... Because I think Shelton was Brock's coach in high yeah, school. Yeah, I think he was under his wing, wasn't he? But yeah. they didn't really play into that as much as I thought they should on mm. commentary. But... And, yeah, um, if you get, you get these five in the ring together, any combination of them, we're yeah, going to get some proper fucking get, wrestling. You're going to get some good wrestling. Um, and I think Angle having a couple of little sort of warm bodies. Yeah, just works perfectly, plays into him perfectly well with this current version of Angle we're getting. Yeah. Um, yeah, Lesnar just a fucking unit in it like yeah. he's an absolute beast given that he's in his 20s like he, I mean you can only really tell in his face um, that he's that young because he's built like a, he's just I mean I know Scott Steiner calls himself the genetic freak <laughs> but I think fucking Lesnar is uh, possibly a young pretender to that crime um, and much more agile, so and a lot more <laughs> agile, as we will discuss momentarily. Um, but no, it was, it was probably the match so far for me, like the one that actually piqued my interest and got my head out of my phone long enough to pay attention, pay attention to what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I think it's good that obviously he's the WWE champ. They've got the tag belts. 
um, makes sense with the way they wrestle. I like the fact they all wear very similar outfits as well, like too many tag teams and factions are their own guys just chucked together and it never feels yeah quite so solidified. Where, where it, it seems that Hart and, because they have basic Kurt Angle style gear on, gear on yeah. but it's it just team makes, angle on it. Yeah, yeah. It just stinks of... It, yeah, and it stinks of realism as well, yeah. like, because you watch professional boxing and the guys will all come out in their if they're Lennox Lewis's trainers they'll all have yeah. the same fucking SPX tracksuits yeah. with Team Lewis on the back and stuff and yeah. I just like stuff like that it just adds that little element of the real sporting world yeah. into what otherwise is basically a bit of a violent pantomime in it <laughs> yeah. so yeah but no match the night so far for me yes there's more of this please and less of what we're about to go into which was our world title match between Triple H and Scott Steiner. Uh, so opens up with Steiner working the arm, kicking some legs, uh, we get an exchange of punch and exchange of chops. Steiner hits a Steiner line and the elbow drop push-ups and then more kicks to the leg. Puts on a leg bar and uh, hits a T-bone and a figure four which you see Flair losing his shit at. Flair then scrapes his eyes, but gets punched for doing so. Trips with some punches, uh, Steiner falls into the steps and then is thrown into them. Trips with a neck breaker, they exchange punches again. Steiner hits a belly to belly and then also then into the ring hits the spinning belly to belly. Hebner gets shoved by Trips. Trips shoves him. They all have a little shoving contest. Uh, Scott hits a backdrop. Then goes outside and Trips is thrown into the stairs. Another belly to belly that gets a two. Uh, Steiner hits a top rope Samoan drop that gets a two and puts on the Steiner recliner. Big Dave and Randy come out. Scott beats both of them up slams Randy and then lobs him into Dave outside. All of Evolution get ejected. During this point, Trips hits him with a belt, gets a two, hits a pedigree, gets the win. Fuck me. Big, agile. Oof. Agile? Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> Big, non-agile boys wrestling. Oh, this was dull as fuck. Um, I'm not sure which was worse. This all the fucking take a show match for just oh my fuckness this this is this because they're both fucking awful the problem is they're not awful but they need the right guy because both of them are just so fucking roided up yeah like they need smaller guys to bang, like bump for them yeah and make them look the size they are when you've got two guys of equal size yeah like neither's and both of them because of their builds and size are gonna be a bit slow yeah like you need that quicker guy for them to work off so I just don't think they're a good mix I think both of them are capable of so much more alright Steiner's probably the slower of the two yeah because he's just such a fucking lump and like the, the thing is I look at Scott Steiner and I go 
Where has and I know yes he's got much bigger and clearly you know to mm. jack to the gills, but he wasn't a small lad in the early nineties and yeah, when he was in the Steiner Brothers yeah. as a tag team. But at this point, he's, but, he has been wrestling for fifteen years. Like it's going to take its toll as well, isn't it? I guess, but you know there was yeah Frankenstein and Steiner and Steiner screwdrivers and the mm. array of different suplexes. Yeah, if you it it's basically his matches now, and especially if you saw the Rumble one, which was just as bad as this. It's punch, kick, punch, kick, belly to belly. That's that's it. And I don't remember him being that limited at the arse end of WCW. No, but they were putting him in there. It was it was like. Jarrett and stuff wasn't it from what I remember and Sid and yeah Benoit so So, I mean like him and Benoit work well together because Benoit he's a big boy but um, he's a lot more he's quick and he's agile with it do you know what I mean so like his style their styles aren't gonna like I suppose you can almost have a point where if you're too similar in style like Triple H, slow, methodical, Steiner, slow, not necessarily methodical, yeah. but that works less well than two competing styles sometimes, yeah. maybe, I don't know, um, but yeah, this was not good, and I think this was probably arguably a bit worse than Undertaker. Yeah, I suppose this being a, a title match. Yeah, and this was the only one that felt like a blow off to yes. a feud rather than a continue this was literally it and I get that because you've got Hogan Rock later on this isn't the main event but because it wasn't the main event for the belt it kind of gave away that yeah this is the Steiner experiment's kind of done yeah he'll, saying, he'll be in dance competitions soon on I was say, they, are, yeah. they are so done with Steiner from what I've Seen, yeah. he may not even be on Mania. Wow! And he debuted at some at Survivor Series. Yeah. So like literally five months later. Yeah. They're kind of like, nah, we've we've done. Buyers that. regret. So he's gonna be, uh, yeah. As I say, he'll be um, probably in a feud with Matt Hardy next. <laughs> yeah. Um, next. Oh week. no, he'll end up in an unlikely tag team, won't he? With somebody. Oh. Oh, who do you think it'll be? Hurricane. The Hurricane and Steiner. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Or they go and try and get Rick out of his semi retirement mm. and. Uh, yeah, but that's not an oddball tag team for Vince, then, is it? No, but. Or who, who else have we got? Maven. Oh, yeah. D'Lo Brown. He's still under contract. Yeah. Stuff rides itself. Mm. So yes, next we have Stone Cold Steve Austin's triumphant return as he goes against Eric Bischoff. Austin shoots him down straight away and just punches and stomps a multitude of mud holes into Eric Bischoff. Bischoff with an eye break and a sidekick, which Austin just basically laughs at. Bischoff runs outside, Austin follows him and chops him into the front row. 
back in a stunner which only gets a two because Austin picks his arm up uh, he kicked out <laughs> he clearly kicked out and then he has another stunner which again only gets a two the absolute stunner and audacity of Bischoff to kick out again unbelievable a third stunner however was enough I thought he had it in him to get another one post match just to make sure Austin gives him a, fir- a fourth stunner this was what it needed to be this was basically your comedy break between yeah. that terrible match and the main event for the evening yeah and this is exactly what should happen when a non-wrestler gets in the ring with a wrestler yeah they should just get destroyed if they even get any offence in it should be laughed off yeah like it's like, I mean it works with certain non-wrestlers like Mr T it was fine because he's a big lad and but when you got someone like Bischoff who's yeah. like in his what 50s late 40s maybe yeah. here and like he's against Steve Austin like they even with all the outside interference in the fucking world he's got he's got fuck all hope <laughs> yeah sh- fuck yeah absolutely so I mean it was fine in that respect gave the crowd sometimes you just got to give the crowd something like that yeah where it's just like it, it was good fun and everyone wants to see Bischoff get the absolute shit kicked out of him don't they yeah and that's exactly what we got and that's a great way to bring Austin back isn't it like, yeah it's a thing um they're not going to chuck Austin into the title picture at Mania because obviously we know that it's Brock Angle um, we find out what Trips is up to on the Raw after this but he wasn't going to get a title match so it's, it's too just, early with him coming just back yeah like, just chuck him in and the thing is you then got that build up for um, next year do you know what I mean if, yeah. if he's still here and he's healthy and um, by next Mania like have him in the Rumble yeah or like do you know what I mean and you could almost like has it been long enough since the whole Austin McMahon feud to kind of revisit that but instead of McMahon have Bischoff there yeah like going forward because this could be the catalyst for that potentially yeah depending on what they're going to do with Bischoff next and um so yeah there's there's a multitude of ways they can go but I think to put him back in the title picture immediately is probably They've, they've made the right decision by not doing that I think. yeah and this is the thing it's like in theory you chuck Austin into what will probably be his first proper match back mm. it will be at Mania mm. it, it sells itself for tickets yeah is there any news on who that potentially might be um, talk of rock possibly yeah um, but it's not but we've had that a few times now, haven't we? Yeah, but it's not a definite set in yeah. stone. But and yeah. that doesn't, uh, without sounding odd, that doesn't necessarily feel like the main event it was. No. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because everyone knows The Rock's basically part-time already now. Yeah. Um, it's got to pay that Hollywood money. Yeah, to be fair. Mm. Should I get paid extra and not take bumps anymore? It's yeah. a difficult fucking decision to make, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it just doesn't feel like the main. If, if that's where they go with Mania, it certainly just doesn't feel like what we had at seventeen and no, it's everything. Not. It's it's lost a bit of luster because 
neither of them have been around that title picture for quite a while now, haven't they? So. Yeah, so it's one of those, seeing what we get yeah. coming out, we've got a few, we've got a couple of weeks still, um, you know, Mania, it's not, it's not that sort of thing with Mania, they, you get the sprinkles of ideas of what you're going to get for matches, but only a few get said and made early. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. You can see the seeds being sown for certain yeah. ones, especially within this pay-per-view, as we've said already. So, our main event of the evening is Hulk Hogan versus The Rock 2. Um, bit of a change this time around, coming in. With yeah. Hogan being the clear face. Yeah, coming out to some Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Love it. And uh, Hollywood Rock, as he is now, mm. being a massive deal. Even funnier, because obviously it was Hollywood Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes. and Hollywood Rock. Short of actually calling him Hollywood Rock. Yep. Um, being an absolute <laughs> fucking prick. Yes. And I'm kind of here for it. Yeah. Because let's I, be honest, what got the rock over in the first place was being a prick. Yeah, dickhead rock is yeah. best rock. Yeah. Um, so, match starters with Hogan with punches. Go to the big boot early, uh, but Brock takes a powder, wanders around, kills a lot of time. I am all for this level of rock. Mm. Rock. Shithouse heel work. Yeah. I love it. I'm, and I'm all for it. Uh, Hogan finally sort of goes after him once it gets to a nine count. They go outside, brawl, uh, back into the ring, rock with punches, Hogan with uh, corner smash, Hulk hits Rock's spit punch and uh, puts him over the top. Rock stun guns Hogan and then in with a rock bottom that only gets a two. Rock takes Hogan's weight belt and beats the shit out of him for a bit. Hogan breaks out the axe bomber. Bash. Then grabs the bell and starts whipping the shit out of Rock. Rock hits DDT and a sharpshooter. Hogan kicks his way out of it. To the outside. And uh, Rock goes for a clothesline and goes to get a chair but swings and a miss. Hogan then takes the chair and hits a chair shot. The ref stops a second. And uh, Rock hits a low blow, spine buster into the people's elbow, and a second people's elbow, but this only gets a two. And then we get classic Hogan as he hulks up, punches, leg drop, big boot, and the lights go out. We get the lights come back on, and the referee's down. Oh no! Vince comes out. Oh no! Rock hits Hogan with a Fucking huge chair shot. Oh no. The rock bottom and gets the win. Because the slimy little referee bastard is paid off and is yeah. lifting the hand with Vince. And with the name Sylvain Grognier, I'm assuming he's a French Canadian, yes. if not actually from France. Yes. Um, that little cheese eating surrender <laughs> monkey. <laughs> Post-match, Vince mocks Hogan with a his own custom-made Hogan-style shirt. Yeah. Are they on sale? I want that. I have not seen if it. If they haven't sold it, the they're fucking idiots. Like, do you know what I mean? Both um, sides of the coin get a shirt then, don't they? Yeah. Can't we tell what we're 
building to yeah, we are getting yeah, yeah. Hogan Vince I, you know, I'm kind of here for it like I don't know why but like it feels like a natural thing to happen yeah and I just hope the nostalgia lasts long enough to go into Mania because it's a very fickle thing yeah and obviously having Hogan back in the yellow and red and alright he's not coming out to real American Um but like it's I'm very much the nostalgia for, for Mania yeah that'd be cool but I mean I like the slight tweaks and updates like the yeah. tie-dye and the feather bowers that he never done the first time in the Fed that was more of a that's almost, that's, well, that's a hangover from the NWO and the Hollywood stuff. Yeah. He's just gone to red and yellow rather than black and white, isn't he? And so I like that slight update. And I mean, that's, the thing is, when they wear long legging things like that, it's probably to cover knee braces and all yeah. sorts of shit, which I'm sure he needs at his age. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's one of those that's like, it needs to be booked if it does go into Mania that needs to be a clusterfuck a yeah. schmoz of a match loads of interference that Sylvain Grenier guy yeah. I'm guessing by his build he's actually a professional wrestler or, he, or he's at least a trainer trainer yeah so I mean maybe he's Vince's new little fucking weasel yeah like Vince's new little underling so, so I mean he might be like little H was to yeah, in WCW yeah, the yeah 100% they could do something like that um but again, it's when your pay per view finishes like this and it's just a setup. Yeah, it's clear that this isn't really a pay per view, isn't it? To yeah. me, it's, um, but it was again, it's just fine. And as I say, as long as they book this match correctly and it's a schmoz, loads of interference at Mania, I'll be happy with it just to see those two collide. Because, like, if you follow wrestling, even remotely especially the stuff that's happened backstage you know that sometimes they've had quite a fragile relationship yeah. those two but they're both fucking alpha egos yeah and uh, full of their own, they love the smell of their own farts don't they yeah. so I mean it kind of works on that level as well for like the smart fans that, oh yeah because there's that legitimate history there where they've not had the best relationship at times yeah all this sort of business and if they play that all correctly then that is that the thing that I've spoken about time and time again when I've been on here where you just need to be actually invest like you can have the greatest match in the world but if unless you don't I'm know. personally invested for yeah. a reason I don't give a fuck if it's a five star at the Tokyo Day. I don't care I yeah. just give a fuck give me a schmoz with interference as long as I've got a reason to root for somebody yeah Um so yeah I I I enjoyed the Rock Hogan match. Um, as I said, it coming out of it, yes, it does it mean as much as the first one. Does it fuck? But it but is clearly there to build the further story yeah. into what we're going to get yeah. at Mania. The with Rock's win, Hogan, it was irrelevant. Really. Yeah, like the Rock getting the second pinfall means nothing. Yeah, like that it could have stayed one and done, but this doesn't really nobody in five years time is going to mention this one it is the mania match that will go down yeah and i mean regardless of the fact yes technically it wasn't a classic it will go down as one of the best wrestlemania matches of all time purely because of how the crowd were yeah yeah if you watch it on silent it's not a great match but that's not the fucking point you've got no. to remember when you were watching it live 
I was sports entertained. You were sports entertained, and you generally were fucking torn because you're like, yeah, I fucking love The Rock. But there was that. We were of that age where. There's that fucking 10 year old boy inside of you still that wanted fucking Hogan to win. You wanted to see him hulk up. Yeah. You wanted to see the fucking. You! You wanted to see the fucking leg drop a Dean. You wanted the fucking lot. And I mean, that was the greatest thing about that match, and that's probably why it's my favourite Mania match of all time. Yeah. That and the gimmick Battle Royal. Just (laughs) to see old fellas trying to wrestle still. Um. But that speaks more about the sort of stuff I find hilarious than anything else. But it's just, yeah, this one is not going to go down in the history books. Like, no. Nobody's going to go, oh yeah, do you remember Rock Hogan too? Everyone will be like, they wrestle again. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so yeah, it needed to be what it was, and it was fine for that. And I am probably, I. it's not that I don't care about. Brock Lesnar angle that'll be a good match that would be one where I'm like yeah that's a good match yeah that, that's the one you watch knowing that you're going to get yeah, a quality but I'm more likely match. to want to buy Wrestlemania to watch McMahon Hogan yeah because I'm like yeah this is going to be fucking brilliant like, yeah do you know what I mean that's more my cup of tea yes give me that give me Doug and run in and smash up fucking it just get all the old boys from the gimmick back yeah fucking Jimmy Hart at ringside smashes Steph with a megaphone in the fucking side of the head I'll I'll have it all I'll have it all please get loads of old gimmicks fucking Tatanka runs in fucking causes shit yeah do you know what I mean if they're alive and they were part of the fucking rock and wrestling era get them in have them fucking have Sheik come out and try and batter Hogan, calling him a little bitch. I'm here with, for with it. His, with his weight clubs. Yeah, with his weight clubs. Yes. Like just, or just do a load of fucking Nikolai. Have literally. Blundy. Like, imagine if they do like training packages with Vince McMahon and the Iron Sheik. Oh. He's like, because he's a fucking still hates Hogan. He's like, I'm number one. Oh. And like he's fucking training up fucking McMahon with the, Oh mate, give me them vignettes tomorrow. They'll be instant classics. Yes. Instant classics. Need that. Uh, so before we uh, go into the little bit of post pay per view, um, overall, I think we sort of pretty much said most of it. Yeah. It's it's a one match card for quality, a second match for build to. Mm. a pay-per-view fairly bloody missable though yeah I mean you could give this one a skip and not miss much to be honest um, apart from obviously setting up Hogan McMahon um, out of five I'd give it a C just to be awkward <laughs> but, um, I would in, do that. I would do but we need to know how many pieces of toast is oh toast wise well yeah. because I'm I'm down 17 kilos is since January, and we're recording this, what, 26th of February? Yes. Um, no toast, but if I was still snacking on the beautiful peanut butter toast combo that I am so renowned for, I would have made toast during the Undertaker match. I would have made toast during the Steiner match and it would have been two pieces of toast per time with peanut butter so I'd have had four pieces of toast out of a possible if you say two pieces per match how many matches were there? Mm, two, 
bear in mind the more toast I eat the worse the show is uh, there were seven matches. So seven matches, so I'd have got four toast pieces 14. of toast out of potentially 14 pieces of toast. Which probably puts it in about a C category or a B minus, doesn't it? Like, it does. Yeah, so um, yeah, I'd have, I'd have had four pieces of toast. but So that's two out of seven matches that I would have gone to make toast during. Yes. Yeah, which I think is fair. Yeah. I told you, this scale works. Exactly. It works. Um, so the only bit that we have, uh, we only had the raw post uh, for the rest of the month, is we know who Triple H will be taking on Ooh. at Mania as the winner of the championship contender battle royal. Yeah. I didn't watch this. So. Booker T. Oh, the book. So yes, Booker Man is yeah. uh, getting the title match at Mania. And arguably one of the very few WCW comeovers that they actually seem to have ideas and want to do things with, which yes. is really good to see because, again, towards the end of WCW's life, he was probably one of the very few highlights. Yeah, it's, if you look at who did come over in that, especially the initial invasion mm -hmm. uh, lot, Keep going, it, mate. We need to make it this is, at least an hour. Come it on. is RVD <laughs> and Booker T are the only two that they've really sort of done anything yeah, with. Yeah, I think RVD was more more of brought on by the fans. Though, yeah, because they was they didn't really seem to know what to do with him or want to pull the trigger on him, but he just kept getting such good reactions. reactions that it was very hard for them to ignore that. Even. Yeah. WWE who are notoriously okay to ignore the fans yes. and what they want sometimes. I mean, you can't always give them what they want. Don't get me wrong. Like that doesn't work like that because it would just be a boring fucking program if it was. But um, I think Booker T feels like one who's kind of got quite a bit of support in the back office as yeah. well. Like they see him as a star and they can they see that he can be um, not the guy but no. again similar to how they use Triple H a lot of time where he's the guy that works with the guy if you know yeah. like you could easily see Booker T the Rock yeah well, that's the thing in that yeah. early sort of you can see them in Stone Cold you can they, see yeah. they had they done all these was, didn't they yeah was the the big WCW yeah, guy yeah he was almost the focal point of it wasn't he because he, was he champion when it came yeah. over wasn't he yeah, yeah. and even with you know yes he was also beaten for the belt by Rock and beaten by Angle, but he held his own enough yeah. with them. Where a lot of the guys, they were just I, look at Canyon, who better than Canyon? Got absolutely everybody buried. in WWE. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, obviously, we've had a little bit of pre with these because of. Randy and Dave attacking Goldie um, and Evolution and Booker and Goldie being a tag team but yeah. I don't know where they're going to go with the storytelling of the build for this unless it's literally going to be a you've won the title you've won the we all know it's world. racism Chris let's not pretend it isn't uh, <laughs> there, there's always that fucking undercurrent in there yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah we've had we've had some fucking shit with Trips and his builds for matches Kevick, yeah. We'd we'd hope that they don't go to that. Um, Katie Vick is 
every award winning television <laughs> in the world. Like, boundaries are there to be crossed, guys. Come on. There's, there's like, crossing boundaries. Necrophilia <laughs> with a dummy dressed as a cheerleader while you're dressed as a burn victim. Like, it's peak, mate. That could have been on Twin Peaks and everyone would have been like, this is so daring and fantastic. It's purely because it was fucking wrestling. People had an issue with it. And weirdly, Chris's lights just turned on and off and I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Is it a poltergeist? It's Katie Vick. Oh my god, it's not Kurt Henning, is it? <laughs> Sorry. That's a, bit, that's a bit too soon. So... That is us for the month. Um, the fuck is that noise? I uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone so well up until now. I think your house is falling apart, mate. It's really fucking concerning. <laughs> Have you got anything you want to share with the world, pimp? Offer up any um, world views? Yes, but not for me. I Part of my... I'm trying to get healthy. And part of that involves... Uh, looking after my well-being a bit more both mental and physical and one thing I've done which has actually helped both is join a thing called Man vs Fat uh, which is a they do football leagues seven aside and there's I think they do 11 aside leagues at the weekend and stuff if you're in the UK and that is something you're looking to do I mean bear in mind I'm 43 years old so I'm certainly no spring chicken and I'm shit at football I've got a half decent pass that's it. I can't do anything else. Can't dribble the ball. Can't control it. Um, but it's a good mix of people, and it's really helped both. So I would thoroughly suggest if you are looking to sort of get healthy in twenty twenty three, and you have a local league or something like that, it's well worth looking into, because um, that has helped me no end. And, and you know, I've just got a massive pay rise at work just to rub it in the Chris. Bah. Um, <laughs> you love that I earn more than you, didn't you? Uh, so much. Uh, <laughs> and who, who got me the job where I went? Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, if you want to see me do reaction videos on that there YouTube or watch me talk about comic books, fucking dweeb. I know. Come over to Pop Culture Reacts. Um, content every day on there so yes get on that on the YouTube you may even find me on a future episode as we have discussed it but yes. I don't like nerdy comic shit so we're trying to figure out what I would discuss but I do like nerdy comic book films but just not the comics <laughs> I know you, you love you love the stuff that comes out of it but you can't do the I can't be dealing with I can't know I'm reading shit so nerds <laughs> Fucking pictures and words. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> fucking nerds. <laughs> so, um. Time to do some push ups if you've got time to read that. <laughs> so, we are going on the road to WrestleMania. We are one month away from WrestleMania 19, where it will be me, the other Chris, Eric, and Rory covering Mania for you. Um, and uh, the end of the road. Q end of the road by boys to men. We belong together, and you know that I'm right.
No, no, no. 